Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am the act. I am not the. I'm just an actress. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Right. I, I'm just having a day. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor in chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. We want to thank each and every listener who's tuned in today. We are just so glad that you've decided to hang out with us today. And I hope you grab a cup of tea or just something lovely to sip on. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week. And finishing off with a blessing or a positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? I'd say my thorn this week was just having a few tough mornings. I feel like trying to get going was a little harder mm. this week for whatever reason. Um, we've had a lot of rain. So one one morning, maybe I can blame it on the weather, but <laughs> I don't think that all of the mornings were because of that, um, like kind of waking up earlier than I needed to for some reason, that kind of thing. So that just made for the day a little bit more <laughs> needed to rev up more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not too bad. Um, but my rose is that tomorrow Daniel and I are going to see Les Miserables and I'm so <gasps> excited. So fun. Yes. Yeah, so, um, like a live performance. Yeah. The show came to Denver and we're going to go see it. So, um, yeah, I was at first, I was like, I really want to see it, but the, you know, tickets are not cheap for things no. kinds of things but like I have never seen that quality of this oh. show and it's one of my favorite musicals so I am beyond mm. stoked we're like so excited wow so that's I'm, tomorrow I'm yeah. very excited for you I I need to I want to have like send me a picture of the I don't know if it's called a playbill send oh, yeah. me a picture of it I want to know who's doing it I'm, I'm so curious sure thing I'd, I'd be happy to um, my thorn this week is that the, this is so silly, but the habanero hot sauce from Trader Joe's that I recommended a couple of episodes ago was nowhere to be found on this week's grocery trip. That, um, that happens to me far too <laughs> frequently. Yes. It's like, oh, the edamame is gone. Oh, my chips are gone. Oh, the peanut butter is gone. So I'm so sorry. The sad thing about Trader Joe's is when something isn't there the first time you're like, okay, well, I'll just catch it next time. And then you don't see it for kind of like months, I would say. So, um, this was just a bummer because I do rely on having good hot sauce in the house. Um, it's fine. You know, we've been, we've been using Cholula instead, but it's just not the same. <laughs> so that's my, that's my turn. Um, <laughs> but as for my rose this week, um, I mentioned maybe once that I'm currently working on a degree to become a counselor and for some of the general education requirements, I had to take a theology course and I've never taken a proper theology course before. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> I've really just learned everything that I know out in the wild and, you know, through my husband and my friends and family and that type and just whatever books I might have picked up. And um, so I was pretty excited to take this course. And my rose is that 
I really, really loved it. Yay. And we got to kind of, you know, kindly debate each other on a variety of topics. And it was honestly just so fun for me to go back and forth with them and defend my thoughts. And um, I had other students replying to me saying like, hey, I really loved this point that you made. So it was just so fun to be in a more formal setting and um, to get to work out my theological muscles. I love that. Yes. Awesome. So a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. Make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today. Dear Wallflower, what advice would you give a headstrong, independent, career-driven woman who doesn't like the word submissive and doesn't respect many men, but who still finds herself attracted to someone? Sincerely, Anonymous. Jessica, what are your thoughts for a writer? This letter got me proverbially scratching my head a bit. Uh, there's a there's a lot packed into just a few words. I'm curious to explore some of the things that our writer admits about herself. In mm-hmm. fact, I'd like to spend the bulk of my time there. I want to explore these personality traits and tendencies to see what things about them are positive and what things are potentially harmful to relationship. Mm-hmm. And not just romantic relationship, but also just simply being a fellow human being in the world. So I'll start... Um, I'll move through them rather um, in the order that she writes them. So to start off, she writes that she is headstrong. Upon reading this, I immediately thought of characters such as Joe March Mm -hmm. and Shirley and Elizabeth Bennett, all people of whom I would say we have much to admire. However, this is a trait that certainly has its shadow sides. In Mm -hmm. fact, I think the word itself tends to hold a negative connotation, but I do think it has positive sides as well. On the negative side, to be headstrong is to be stubborn. This could make our writer seem unyielding in matters that concern others, perhaps giving her a my way or the highway kind of vibe. It may cause her to appear closed-minded and so forth. On the positive side, however, to be headstrong can look like being deeply committed, like taking a firm stand on things that matter immensely to you. This is a wonderful thing when applied to matters on which we ought not to swerve. So our closest held morals, keeping our word, etc. But when applied to matters of small consequence, the shadow side starts to, to creep in. Mm. So the thing about having a tendency to being headstrong is not to be above being wrong. <laughs> my, my advice for our writer and any listeners who can relate to this is be willing to change your mind and to learn from others listen to others and seek to understand. So I'm not saying that you can't be headstrong, but I do advise not taking the stance that says, this is just the way I am, deal with it. You know, no human is meant Mm. to be stubborn in the way that hinders relationship with people. So in what ways can you capitalize upon the strengths of being committed and firm in your thoughts while minimizing this trait, um, the ways that this trait might hinder connection? Next, moving on to um, what she says is that she's independent. Mm -hmm. 
So again, Jane Austen, <laughs> uh, Joe March, uh, I think of women or characters who have believed themselves capable of providing a living without needing to rely on a man. Uh, for those like Jane Austen living in the time period in which she was considering marriage proposals, marriage was very much an economic proposition. Mm-hmm. Whether a woman received and accepted a marriage proposal could be the difference between living in relative comfort or living in poverty. As much as we may like to romanticize marriage and the notion um, of only being with someone that we love, for m- most women of that time period and all the years before, marriage was far more about being provided for than about mutual affection and a shared life. And so those like Jane Austen and Joe March felt so strongly about the importance of affection in marriage that they strove for independence. They didn't want to enter marriage simply because they needed to in order to survive. So thankfully, this is generally not our story as women today. You know, we have come a long way since the 19th century. We are well capable of earning our own bread, but some have gone to the extreme of seeming to want to prove this by rejecting the idea of marriage as if they mm. needed to prove they don't need a man. Mm. You know, but this is faulty thinking. As much as I appreciate the rights that women have come to enjoy through the work of many feminists in years both past and present, I'm also wary of extreme versions of feminine um, fem- feminism <laughs> that demean men. Yeah. So what does it look like to be independent, but still open to a romantic relationship? I think this looks like having a particular understanding of independence. It looks like being flexible and recognizing that independence at all costs. Um, A mindset like that is a hindrance to romantic love as well Mm -hmm. as mutual service, kind of a give and take, we might say, um, that that is within healthy relationship. I would tell our writer to consider the notion of partnership, of working together, of mutually depending on one another. This doesn't mean that you are incapable of being independent. Mm -hmm. Rather, it means that you may choose to reframe this notion if and when you choose to get get married. Um, Lastly, on this point, in marriage, in a sense, you do, quote, give up your independence in the sense that you are united to your husband. You become one flesh, but at the same time, you are still unique individuals. It's a beautiful mystery of unity and distinction, very much like the Trinity to go about being theological. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you act independently, but never apart from one another. Mm, I love that idea. I, I think it's really good that you're pointing out that these, um, labels that she uses for herself they're not inherently bad but they can be holding her back in a way that she might not realize that's a great thing to point out mm-hmm. definitely yeah so it brings self-understanding you know mm-hmm. recognizing okay well this is how I see myself or this is maybe how other people have described me that there might be strengths there but there are also maybe shadow sides that to be aware of where Yeah, those are helping to foster or getting in the way of relationship. So to go to her third uh, character trait, personality trait, um, she says she is career driven. Mm -hmm. Let me say loud and clear, clear, it is not wrong to want a career. Mm -mm. I'll also say I definitely see myself in this statement. In fact, I think I probably have a bit of a headstrong and independent in me as well. Ask my parents (laughs) and my husband, (laughs) they'll probably agree to that. 
One thing I would ask our writer is, what does career-driven mean to you? When you say or write these words, what does that descriptor entail? Does it mean that your career will be the most important thing about you or or Mm -hmm. to you? Does it mean that you don't see yourself ever having children or being a mother? Or does it simply mean that you want to have a job? Mm -hmm. I completely understand being more focused on building a career than a family. You know, that has been my story, at least so far. Um, I yearned to be married for as long as I can remember. And to my great delight, I have been given that immense gift. But I have focused the last decade or more on schooling, preparing Mm -hmm. myself for the career or the path of winding career development that I have sensed I was meant to pursue. This Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we'll never have children. I don't know that. But my priorities in my 20s were building my career, so to speak. As unique individual women, we are going to have different desires, different stories, even different priorities than other women in our lives. This doesn't make them inherently wrong. We have to look deeper to the heart of why we want those things um, in order to test their inherent goodness. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's wrong to be career driven so long as it is not the most important thing about her. And so to any listener um, listening in, if your career ambitions get in the way of your relationship with God, your hmm. relationships with other people, something is out of prior, uh, out of order priority wise. Okay. So it's time to shift into the last two, which are a bit more, what shall I say, incendiary? Yeah. Flammable. Yeah. Um, so she admits that she doesn't like the word submissive. <laughs> I imagine not many women do. So it's yeah. fair. <laughs> but we, I, we I think she's in good company there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but we could dive in a little deeper. Um, what comes to mind again, anonymous writer, when you think of this word, um, what fears might arise for you? Um, what maybe feels threatening? Mm-hmm. It's no secret that submission language has been misused. Men have held it over women as a sort of trump card, submit, I'm the man, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I wish, I wish that it could go without saying, but this is not its intended use. Mm -hmm. In fact, we were meant for mutual submission. Mm -hmm. I'd like to reframe submission according to Ephesians 5, read in context, like the whole chapter, not just the little section with headings. The headings were not there. Okay. Those are editorial additions. (laughs) So, um, Again, just a reminder to read things in context. Paul tells the Ephesians to walk in love, commanding mutual submission as fitting for the members of the church. I think this also applies to husbands and wives as well. Even though followed by the specific injunction for the wife to submit to the husband as her head, notice how Paul speaks to the husband next. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands are called to love their wives sacrificially and to love them like they love their own bodies. Mm-hmm. Husband and wife each have a very high call, but we live these out in mutual loving, mutually um, submissive dance with one another. Thus, I don't think our writer needs to fear the notion of submission. She may need to have some open and honest conversations with a potential marriage partner to clarify where they both stand with regards to the term's meaning and um, what scripture claims about it. But I think there's potential here for her to shift the way that she thinks about it. Finally, she admits that she doesn't respect many men. (laughs) Okay, first, why is this? 
I encourage our writer to explore her why in this matter. Mm. There could be understandable, though not necessarily justifiable reasons for this in the sense like, you know, or for example, if she was abused or taken advantage of by a man, or if she has seen men fail in large ways that cause her to struggle with respecting men in general, but not all men are like the men who have caused her to lose respect for men in general. Mm -hmm. I would caution her against lumping all men into one bucket. Yeah. That's a point worth highlighting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And this point in particular could pose particular difficulties in a potential romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think it, 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 um, deserves attention. Not that she ought not to date or pursue marriage, but rather this is something that she's going to need to work through. I encourage our writer to work on growing a respect for men and g- gaining proper respect for men in general starts with developing respect for individual men. So what men in your life are worthy of respect? Mm-hmm. Maybe you can name a handful. I hope so. <laughs> and maybe you'll just need to start with one. But when you think of this man or these several men, what is excellent or praiseworthy about them? Mm-hmm. And this doesn't mean that they don't have faults. We all have faults. Um, but what are positive characteristics they exhibit that cause you to consider them in a favorable light? Spend some time here. This will not be quick and it probably won't be easy. And I'll just shoot straight with you here. You need to grow your capacity to rightfully respect good men in order to have hope for a solid relationship with a man. Dating or marriage. Yeah. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, so to close up up here, I'm not certain what our writer most wants to know concerning her attraction towards someone. Uh, Perhaps she's worried that her personality and her posture towards men in general and this idea of submission would be a hindrance to her relationship. At minimum, it seems like our writer is curious to know what to do about her attraction toward a man when she sees these characteristics in herself. um, Characteristics which, at least painting with a broad brush, would seem to pose as a hindrance to a successful dating and potential marriage relationship. Mm. As I've noted, while focusing on each trait and posture, Uh, There are ways that she can lean into the positive aspects of these, reframe her thoughts, or even work to build a posture that she currently finds difficult. I think attending to these points of advice could serve her well in preparing for the possibility of dating toward the intent of marriage. I want to close by clarifying that I hope none of this came across as demeaning who our writer is in any way. In shedding light on the positives of her personality, I hope that she can continue to embrace who she is and live into the best version of herself. I also hope that she can set aside the lies that culture has spread and aim to see the best in others as well. Absolutely. Amen. That's wonderful advice. And I love that you focused on each of the three um, character qualities that she assigns to herself. First, I will say that I just love how concise this letter is. (laughs) That's not to say that I don't really enjoy reading long letters. I really do. But it's always interesting to me when someone chooses not to give many details at all. Um, But our writer today gave the details that she felt were necessary, which is that she is headstrong, she's independent, and she's career-driven. And like Jessica, this immediately paints a picture in my mind. Like I am reading a character breakdown, you know, like as, uh, okay, how, how should I portray this character that I'm about to audition for, you know? Mm. And 
it paints this picture of a woman who is, as Jessica said, when, when these, um, when these qualities are positive, it, this is a woman who's sure of herself, who doesn't need validation from other people. Who's a go-getter, who's motivated and confident. These are wonderful things to be. And she goes on to say that she doesn't like the word submissive. So I did not grow up really in circles where this word had traction in a negative way, I mean. Um, So I will say that I did not grow up having the word submissive wielded against me or really having uh, deep or painful associations with that word. So I can only imagine what that word does to her because she clearly has a history with it. And having met women who did have this experience, who were maybe similar to our writer in terms of their independence and their desire for a career, I can understand how harmfully this word has been used against women. This idea of, as Jessica said, submit to me, you know, because you're a woman and I'm a man. (laughs) I want to be very clear. We are indeed called to submit And I don't want what I'm saying to come across as if I don't believe that, but it's clear that this word has been used incorrectly and harmfully. And to reiterate what Jessica said, submission is biblical, but it's a give and a take between men and women. Submission is something that God asks of all of us. That being said, a writer also says that she does not respect many men. And yet she finds herself attracted to someone. So from what I can gather in her short letter, a writer has maybe stayed away from relationships or at least approached any of her past relationships very cautiously. And it sounds like being interested in someone is not exactly her norm. So the fact that someone has caught her eye might be uncharted territory. It might make her uncomfortable and she might not be used to this feeling. And I want to try to untangle a little bit why a writer seemed to see her being attracted to someone as going against kind of her dislike of the word submissive and and her lack of respect for many men. Um, It might be that a writer has a misconception of what being in a relationship as a woman means. And this could be informed by the relationships that she has witnessed in the past or been a part of in the past. Um, But it sounds to me like our writer associates being attracted to someone and being in a relationship as a woman with being submissive and being forced to take a back seat or um, being made to give up her voice or made to respect someone that hasn't done anything to deserve her respect. Hmm. And obviously this is all just an assumption that I am making based on a a small amount of information that she shared with us. And I could totally be wrong, but if this is in fact, what is causing our writer to have questions, I want to challenge her idea of what it means to be in a relationship as a woman. I can identify with our writer here in the sense that I too am passionate and I desire to be seen and treated as my own person. And if I'm honest, I have always been someone whose respect in in some senses is not immediately handed over. And this is not to say that I think we should be disrespectful or rude to random strangers or even people that we disagree with. 
I think as a Christian, you know, I believe that we are called to see the value in every single person and to respect them insofar as being God's creation, right? But it is to say that for me to feel a deep and true and sincere respect for someone, I, I need to be given a reason as to why. I need to see that they have shown themselves to be, you know, through their actions and their beliefs, that they are a really respectable person. And so where I think I writer might be getting caught or feeling confused about her feelings for this person is because she has this image of a woman who is respect for her significant other looks like never questioning him, always following his orders or not ever speaking up or voicing her opinions or disagreeing. Mm. And so I think this might be right. Why our writer expressed her dislike of the word submissive with her growing attraction to someone as being at odds because it seems like the two can't coexist. So I'm, I'm trying to challenge that. Her question is, how do I handle being the kind of woman I am while being attracted to someone? And my answer is being a woman who is headstrong and independent and career-driven does not disqualify you from being a loving and gentle and devoted significant other. I think when you find the right man, a man who deserves your respect because of who he is and who he's shown you to be, his actions and how he treats you and, and loving him and submitting to him will feel right because he will have shown this kind of love to you as well. You'll want to value his opinion and his thoughts because he's shown himself to be the kind of man whose ideas you can trust. This won't feel like you're being forced or controlled or treated as less than. You will want to love him this way. Um, I really hope I'm getting my thoughts across well here. Um, my point is that I think when you've found a noble and good and respectable man, you won't be left feeling like you are being forced into submission or being made to behave a certain way or give up your voice. Um, I yeah. think it'll feel natural, you know? Mm -hmm. I think like referring back to um, the passage in Ephesians 5, it's it's this dance where when when the husband is loving his wife appropriately and the wife is submitting, like it, it, it it's the kind of, like you're saying, it's not going to feel like submission because not the way that we have come to think of submission yeah. because, because it's, it's the beautiful kind of willful, I, I want to submit to you, or I want to do this for you because exactly. I love you because you have shown me you are worthy and you care for me in a way that shows you how much you value me. You know, exactly. it, it's the back and forth where, um, that's really, obviously it's the ideal. <laughs> so it's com commanded, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so you will want to give these things to the person that you love when you stop and think they have been giving me all of this, they have been submitting all of these things to me, you know? Um, and so I, I, I think when she finds this, the, the right person and maybe the person she's attracted to right now is, or maybe he is not, but I think it's going to feel natural to in quote unquote, submit to him, not in the sense of, of how we have been sadly using the word, um, because it'll be a give and a take between the two of you. So I hope our writer feels at least a little bit guided in the right direction here and feels that we touched on um, the questions that she had and best of luck to her as she navigates the way forward. All right. So it's time 
for the maybe suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? Well, I was getting excited for this at the at our intro when you were talking about your Thorin because I like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to copy Kilia and give a hot sauce <laughs> recommendation. So maybe you can find this one yeah. in the meantime while you wait for Trader Joe's to restock. So <laughs> my um, my hot sauce of late has been the brand Yellow Bird. I think okay. it's just one word. Yellow Bird, their Serrano condiment. They call it Serrano mm. condiment. It's a hot hot sauce is a condiment, right? Um, mm-hmm. So hot sauces can be pricey, especially the really nice ones. Um, I was just realizing like some of the things that my husband has, has gotten from whether his, his brother has gifted one to us or, we, you know, we've bought them out. We're like, oh, we got to look and see when things are at TJ Maxx <laughs> around sale because they can actually be kind of, kind of pricey. But this is like great bang for buck. I feel like the amount of ounces that you get for like what you pay is actually, it's a really good um, value. Like it has that good um, yeah. Intersection yeah. of value and price. Yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll link the company's website, but see if your local grocery store has it because, um, it's made in Texas and I can find it here in Colorado. So I it might be kind of widespread. I'm not sure. Amazing. Um, and Did I just pers- find it at normal grocery stores. Yeah. Okay, great. I actually just saw it. Yeah. I saw it at another grocery store today too. So, um, hopefully you'll be able to find it. Um, I, so. I, I personally really enjoy the flavor of Serrano peppers. Um, so like putting them into Indian food or into a mm. curry or something like that. So this is a great go-to for me when it comes to tacos or any other Mexican inspired dish. Or now that I'm realizing I just said curry and like Thai and Indian, it's like, you could put it in Asian stuff too. I think Serrano yeah. does a really nice job with so many different cuisines. So Amazing. go check it out. Amazing. (laughs) Sounds wonderful. All right. This week I am suggesting the home goods candle section. And I'm sure many people listening have been to a home goods at least once before. Um, but I'm wondering if they have checked out their candles because first of all, there are so many options. Okay. So there's something for everybody. Second of all, they are so affordable. I'm talking under $10 and I am such a candle person. I can have one burning basically all day and be happy. Um, But the problem I've always run into is how expensive candles can be. So when I stopped by Home Goods the other day, I was pleasantly surprised. And it is safe to say that it is now my candle spot. (laughs) So if you two are a candles burning all day sort of person, go ahead and check out the candles over at Home Goods. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.